Presents Speaky South Ghost with your hosts Tim Weisberg and Matt Costa. Good evening, welcome to Spooky South Coast. Tim Weisberg here. The silent assassin Matt Costa is alongside science advisor Matt Moniz, expected to be here. At some point, and I hope so, because we're talking about a subject tonight that's uh, very close to his heart and his mind, uh, UFOs, uh, because it, let's, Matt, I mean, you just can't turn on the news anymore now without seeing something related to some sort of UFO story. I mean, it's, it's really blowing up big. It's all over the news, all over the internet. It's everywhere. And it's, it's strange because, you know, when we started doing this show two years ago, uh, if we did a UFO show, we'd, we'd get all kinds of emails from people saying, you know, it's, it's nice that you're talking about UFOs, but get back to ghosts. You know, and it just seems like now it's just exploding with all the information that's coming out. But uh, the gentleman that we have on the phone right now is definitely not happy with the small amounts of information that's been coming out. He wants more, and we agree with him on that. Uh, Steve Bassett founded the Paradigm Research Group in early 1996. Uh, he's a political activist and consultant and he wanted to advocate all ways possible for an end to a government-imposed truth embargo of the facts surrounding an extraterrestrial presence engaging the human race. And in addition, PRG would provide support to researchers and political activists throughout the world in the field of extraterrestrial-related phenomena research. And Steve Bassett joins us on the line right now from, from Laughlin, Nevada. How are you doing tonight, Steve? I'm doing just fine, Tim. Glad to be with you. And you are out there for the uh, Silly International UFO Congress out there? Yeah, it's the 17th... Um 17th IFOC, uh, and it went pretty well, about 40 speakers. They're, they're finishing up tonight with the banquet, which I'll be going to down a little uh, in a while, and you'll we'll be talking from there and maybe even have a chat with some of the other speakers. Excellent. excellent. I, I tried to touch base with a few uh, speakers last week before they headed down there, and it, just, it seemed like everybody was just really excited about uh, this conference in particular because of all the UFO in the news lately with uh, Angela Joyner and the Stephenville lights and everything that's been going on there. It just seems like finally you know, we're getting some real good mainstream attention uh, for things like the IFOC. We've had a huge spike in media coverage, there's no question. Uh, of course, there's been a lot of work for years, gone into educating the media, uh, sending them material, press releases, on and on and on, trying to bring them into the game. Uh, and we're we're making really starting to make headway. Um, the long and the short of it is, of course, that the phenomenon is is an ET phenomena, uh, extraterrestrials, non-humans. Uh, well, I say non-humans. They're they're not they're not humans born in this time. Mm-hmm. Are they from another dimension? Or are they from the Time, past, future, or are they from another planet? Which is the most likely explanation? Doesn't matter. Uh, it's an extraordinary thing. It's been going on intensely since '47. Uh, the ET presence is real. It's been confirmed to me by people in government. My colleagues have been had it confirmed to them, and of course, the evidence is overwhelming. So that's why the phenomenon keeps won't go away. That's why the coverage has always been there, uh, and why it's bubbling up now. Because this is 2008. It's a new new uh, 
it's a new millennium. We have massive new technology. The public awareness is very high. Uh, and so it's coming out. And I expect some major breakthroughs here in the next 12 to 15 months. Well, of course, until the U.S. Uh, the U.S. government can release its documents that it has, uh, you know, sequestered under lock and key and armed guard and whatever else they have protecting it, until a lot of this information is released to the public, I mean, there's always going to be that that level of doubt as to what they're really telling us. Uh, in your research and, and in what you've been able to gather, I know that you've been instrumental in getting a number of documents released. But I mean, just how much deeper does this go? How much more do we still have to uncover? First of all, I, I, I don't. I'm not a researcher, and I haven't gotten documents released, but I have colleagues who have. Okay. All right, and uh, I support those colleagues. The I can't imagine how big the full story is. Um, I think that our principal goal, our near-term goal, is, is what we call disclosure, mm-hmm. and it's a carefully defined term. It means the government finally acknowledges this presence, this ET reality acknowledges that these things we've been seeing in the sky are, in fact, not piloted by humans and that we are being visited. That acknowledgement, simple, straightforward, not particularly complicated, is a big deal, and it will be, it will be the disclosure event, and that's what I think is we're, we're about to see happen pretty soon. After that, obviously, will be uh, an intense desire on the part of the public to learn the rest of the story, as Paul Harvey says. And the rest of the story, I'm sure, is pretty profound. Um, they've had 60 years to study the phenomena, to study the craft that they have obtained through crashes, where they've gotten their hands on the vehicles and the technology, possibly and very likely and on their hands on some bodies, ET bodies. And so they've been they've been working on this for 60 years. They've built huge facilities underground primarily to address uh, the, the research they needed to do, there may have been formal contact between these entities and the government. Deals could have been struck. Uh, and then, of course, the totality of the research, if you just take what the civilian researchers have been able to, to put together with the limited resources they have, and then you know you're going to then combine that with what the governments have been able to ascertain, you've got a monumental, massive story. So it's going to take years for it to to emerge, because uh, I don't think the government will just dump it all out there. I think it'll it'll release it a, a little at a time. We're already seeing some document releases in various countries, like the United Kingdom, France. Uh, but that's more of a kind of a house cleaning in preparation for uh, the real the real uh, action, which will come a little later. So expect a big story. Expect it to take years to to be fully flushed out. And expect to learn some things which will be quite exciting, quite uh, positive, and uh, um, also expect to learn some things which will be quite disturbing. I just don't think this story is simple, and I think there's parts of it and aspects of it that are going to be quite upsetting to human beings, less so to some than others. But there'll be a good deal of the story, a good deal of of what we're going to learn. It's going to really excite us about the future and about what's possible in the next 5, 10, 20, 30 years and beyond. And that's the best way to approach it. Uh, well, you mentioned, you mentioned the U.K. and France and, and how they've been releasing you know, some, some documents, uh, some reports, and you know, eventually there will be just a full-scale disclosure. But uh, how, how much of a, a threat is it that they'll release everything, they'll have full disclosure before the U.S. government will, and then what kind of position will that leave the U.S. government in you know, following that type of event? Well, the fact, uh, 
the, the facts are these, that, that other nations are making significant moves and sending, I think, very clear messages to the United States that they're, they're not incapable of, of ending this embargo, what we call the truth embargo. It's a catchphrase. It, it was, I, I, I came up with it as a replacement for the term UFO cover-up, which bothered me. Mm-hmm. Because UFO cover-up implies an, a fundamental illegality, and I don't think that's going to be supportable. That the actions the government took in the 40s and 50s and 60s to keep this issue within the classified realms of national security and to even in- interfere with the public's ability to, quote, figure it out. We're all justified under the National Security Act, we're passing 47, uh, given the Cold War and what that meant, the potential for a virtual annihilation of civilization. They had some pretty powerful bases to to make these decisions. So to say it's a cover-up of illegality doesn't work. So I call it a truth embargo. I mean, they embargoed the acknowledgement of the truth of this matter and deferred it into the future indefinitely. That embargo is about to come to an end, and it doesn't have to be the United States. Any country that has a good deal of evidence, and they, all the first world nations do, could hold a press conference tomorrow with the imprimatur of the head of state of that country show some of this evidence and, and announce that, yeah, there's an ET presence here, non-human intelligence from somewhere. Uh, and uh, that would be that. Disclosure would be done. The United States would then have to come in behind that and say, uh, 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 oh, yeah, yeah, well, we sort of know about it, too. Well, if you claim to be the world's only superpower and the leader of the free world, uh, this, is, this is being upstaged on a cosmic scale. There are ramifications to that. Not simply because I'm an American, and, I'm, and this is a matter of patriotism, because mm-hmm. it's not really a matter of patriotism. It is, in fact, a matter of strategy that, in my opinion, the United States needs to, to be the disclosure nation. It needs to, to bring this information out, because we have lost an enormous amount of credibility. And, of course, we were the principal leader and the, and the creator of the, of the truth embargo to begin with. So if we rectify the situation, it will go a long way to improving, I think, our, our, our world global position. And, uh, and and improve our relationships with nations who have come to distrust us quite quite uh, quite a bit in the last few years, and we need to turn that around. So if we if we are seen as hanging on to the truth embargo to the bitter end, while a France or a Germany, a France or an England or a China um, ends it, that's just going to reinforce in the minds of the public that we are we are secretive, we're controlling. We really don't see the truth as an asset, but rather as a liability. So I think strategically we need to, to lead here and, and end this embargo in the United States. And the other countries are giving us that opportunity, but they're clearly sending message by dumping records out, by releasing classified files, uh, by allowing groups within their nations to operate, like uh, the Cometa group that operated without any interference from France and, and research is going on in China without interference from a Chinese government that is capable of interfering clearly in the conduct of, of its citizens. They're sending messages saying, look, you know, if you don't do this, we're going to do it. That's another reason why I think it's quite quite close, because I, I think that there are plenty of people in government that feel the same way. And so I'm anticipating something happening very soon, and probably after the next election, after the new administration comes in. Well, it's interesting that you mentioned, you know, a new administration because it, I, I was looking over some of uh, some of your colleague Grant Cameron's work, and uh, and I've I've heard you talking about it on on other shows as well. And the fact that you know this is something that has kind of touched every administration since uh, since Roosevelt, at least, 
uh, is the fact that there's been some sort of UFO event or some sort of uh, tie-in with, with just about every president we've had since then. And certainly it looks like this election, uh, it's becoming somewhat of a focus in, in what's going on. I mean, to actually have UFO questions asked in, in debates and in town hall formats is, uh, to me, that's just impressive that people are finally taking it upon themselves to you know, make this part of the political landscape. Well, I have a treat for you, but first let me say this. Uh, yeah, we're, we're moving towards a, a disclosure event. It is going to be this, the, the, the ultimate pressure is coming from the media and from the public. And one of the focal points of that pressure is on the presidential candidates who want to be president of the United States but would prefer not to talk about something as what well, I guess perhaps they think trivial as the presence of extraterrestrials. The fact is that the president of the United States, of course, have had to deal with this issue since it emerged big time in the 40s. And uh, the person who has done the most research in that area is Grant Cameron, as you've just mentioned. And because of the, I guess you could say, the, the, the intersection of of the political history and the processes underway, uh, that work is extremely important. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and as we get closer, to, as, as, as the as the as the, uh, the the disclosure process continues to unfold. The importance of that work grows because the more we can talk and know about the, the president's involvement and the more pressure we can put on the candidates who are trying to be president, the more likely something is going to break here, and uh, they will give in. So Grant's work is extremely important, and recently he has been, along with myself, intensely chronicling any developments related to this very extraordinary election going on in the United States, one of the longest in history, the most expensive in history, one of the most intense. Uh, it's generating quite a bit of uh, of interest. There have been extraordinary number of debates, particularly involving multiple candidates. And within those debates, we've started to see questions being asked about the ET issue. And Grant has, has played a role in that. I have played a role in that. And, and our good friend Shirley McLean jumped in there and really helped uh, trigger the Kucinich question. Mm-hmm. By the way, at the ParadigmResearchGroup.org website, uh, we have. Um, I have up uh, clips. You can get links to clips of these questions being asked and Shirley McLean's interviews and a lot of stuff pertaining to, again, this campaign. And then at Grant Cameron's website, uh, of course, my website is ParadigmResearchGroup.org. And then at his website, PresidentialUFO.com, you can get extensive material about not only the past presidents but also the current unfolding developments and additional clips. So the Internet has made it possible for us to stay on this amass, increasing amounts of material and keep the pressure on so that the press and the candidates really have nowhere to go here. There are numerous ongoing developments with respect to this presidential campaign, particularly surrounding Hillary Clinton. And so what I'm going to do right now, a little treat for your audience here, is I'm going to pass the phone to Grant Cameron, who happens to be I'm happen to be rooming with here at the at the conference, and he's going to give you a couple of just a few minutes about some very significant uh, developments regarding records being released from the Clinton Library, which uh, are going to have a bearing ultimately on Hillary Clinton's campaign to be president or her potential for being on the vice presidential ticket. So, if, uh, if it's okay with Grant, I was going to let me let me just bring him on for a couple minutes. Hang on. Okay. This is this is a real treat because Grant is. I mean, I was 
I've been following this uh, as long as I've been hearing UFOs brought up with the in in relation to the candidates, and uh, I just immediately went to Grant's site and just kept checking and checking and just reading these volumes of information about other candidates and other presidents that have had these uh, encounters, and it just seems to me like, you know, it, how can you deny it at this point? How can you be the candidate that comes in and says, yeah, yeah, no, we're not going to talk about that? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's, this is Grant here. Hi, Grant. How are you? Good, good. Thank you very um, much for joining us. Yeah. Maybe we can, uh, Steve didn't mention, but we, maybe we can give you a little scoop. Uh, on my website, it sort of describes um, Kucinich being asked the question, uh, Obama being asked the question about whether he believed there was life in outer space and evading the question. Uh, and the one person that wasn't asked, that basically almost all the candidates were asked, and I gave a lecture here and it sort of detailed all of them, and they... Uh, except for Richardson, sort of uh, walked around the question. But Hillary wasn't asked the question, and so um, the sort of the uh, the word was out, and uh, it was released at the conference here that uh, Rob Simone, who is a, a radio person, uh, contacted her, was at a big high-level banquet in Los Angeles, and asked her about the Rockefeller Initiative, which is a situation where Lawrence Rockefeller went to get uh, President Clinton to disclose and then uh, later on um, uh, went to uh, the, they, they actually spent the 19, 1995 vacation at the Rockefeller Ranch, and basically he asked her questions, and she basically confirmed the whole story that we've been saying for quite a number of years. So this will be made public. Uh, Rob has to give me the actual sort of transcript of what happened. Apparently he has photographs, and um, Hillary has confirmed that Rockefeller went there, that they wanted to have a sort of an open administration, and uh, they they uh, listened to him, and uh, that she talked to Bill about the the Rockefeller and the UFOs, and uh, there's a couple of documents that are on Steve's website that actually detail the fact that uh, Hillary was uh, the key person in the Clinton White House who was handling the material. The material from Rockefeller was going through her office. And the science advisor to President Clinton, who was on the other side, was passing his material through Hillary Clinton's office. So she was actually a key person, and she and, and the president actually did make an attempt to try to get this stuff out. Now, for whatever reason, they were sort of uh, lied to or whatever happened, but uh, I have filed about 100 Freedom Information Act requests with the Clinton Library, and they have uh, released to me about 520 pages at the present time. In fact, the day before yesterday... Uh, they let me know that they have released uh, 450 pages on Area 51. Now, I think a lot of that material will do with a lawsuit that the Clintons were dealing with in dealing with uh, burning of toxic waste at Area 51. Mm -hmm. But uh, they, I have 30,000 pages under review. So I think from now till the, the, cam the end of the campaign, you're going to see uh, every couple of weeks more UFO documents coming out, and the Washington Post is has dealt with the story. They haven't printed the documents. Uh, Fox News, Associated Press, the key person who's doing the uh, Clinton Library story for the Associated Press is following it, has the documents. And uh, I think if they ever publish these two documents that show that Hillary was the sort of the key, the, the key person in the Clinton administration who was dealing with uh, the UFO issue uh, and passing stuff on to the president, I think you're going to see uh, a fairly big story breakout. Well, I mean, th that's incredible. But this is the same uh, the same Bill Clinton who, even though when he took office, said you know this was one of the things that he wanted to look into. But only a couple of weeks ago, wasn't he denying uh, on a, on a radio interview saying that you know he did look into it and it came up short that nothing was really going on. Okay, and but Bill, you 
got to realize Bill sort of talks in, uh, he's very careful about how he mm-hmm. phrases things. He said that he saw documents on the Roswell and that he didn't think the Roswell was a uh, UFO. Now, that doesn't mean that um, he, he he's sort of specifying, I think, to the U.S. Air Force report that he, he green-lighted a report that um, went out and they did two reports and basically came back and said nothing had happened. Uh, he has said uh, privately, uh, in fact, uh, researcher Paul Davis, who's a film producer in uh, Hollywood, uh, actually gave him the latest Roswell book that was put out by Kerry and Schmidt, which is uh, just a slam dunk as to the reality of the Roswell situation, and uh, gave this at a, uh, an event on the, on the uh, East Coast, and Bill looked at it and said, uh, yeah, I've always been interested in this stuff, and, and I'm going to read this book. So Bill is very interested, and, and the situation is, I think, that, that Bill was lied to, and he tried to get the material, and for whatever reason, whether it was because he wanted to gaze in the military or whatever, the, the military really didn't play, play ball with him. Mm-hmm. So I think that's probably the, what he's talking about in that interview, that um, he um, tried, tried to get the, the Roswell stuff, and he was handed this other stuff, which doesn't mean, you know, like if, for example, um, I... One of the two things that he put out, he wanted, uh, like his friend uh, Webster Hubble, to look into two issues, uh, UFOs, because he didn't believe the answer to that, and the Kennedy assassination. So when I filed with the Clinton Library, I also filed for the Kennedy assassination stuff that he'd worked on, and there's 3,500 pages coming out. Uh, So Bill liked the conspiracy things. Um, I was told by somebody in Arkansas that they actually had a sighting. And the the key point is to get the the, uh, Hillary on the record where um, a media person actually ha- is in the situation where they can ask her, is this true, uh, or to get the president on the record and say, were you ever briefed? Did you ever ask for a briefing? Because that's where the, the real reality is going to come down to if uh, somebody walked into his office and told him the truth. So the, the question always has to be carefully phrased, especially to Bill Clinton, because he'll sort of walk around uh, the situation because he knows it's a, it's a sensitive, sensitive area. Well, we don't advocate any uh, any candidates here on Spooky South Coast because you know we just we're not taking a political bent on on this program. But could you imagine if uh, if Hillary was elected and, and Bill Clinton was the I guess the first husband, the first man, however they would deem it? Do you think this would be something he would continue to to look into? Yeah, it, it's something he would look into. Um, the way I look at it is uh, in all the, in all the the candidates, you have some who have UFO backgrounds, and that my my way of dealing with it is to put these people under as much pressure as possible to actually describe their involvement. And I think when you, when you get a situation where it becomes reality that the President of the United States was actually looking into this issue and asked for a briefing or whatever happened, and the full story comes out, then people go, well, if the President was looking into it, this must be a serious issue. Because right now it's just a bunch of little people on the street, you know, everybody figures it's you know, a bunch of wackos and stuff like that. But if it gets to the presidential level and can see that there is actually action in the White House where the president is trying to get to the bottom of it, then it becomes sort of a, a serious issue that, that, that the media may take a look at. Well, I think all anybody really needs to do to be convinced is to go to presidentialufo.com and read some of these stories. I mean, from, from uh, Eisenhower having a, a meeting and a possible treaty with uh, ETs to, uh, to Nixon and, and Jackie yeah. Gleason, you know, supposedly yeah, viewing fact, bodies. I, I actually, about 20 minutes ago, I talked to Larry Warren, who... Um, a researcher wrote me and said, well, I think you should drop the Nixon-Gleason story. And so one of the people who was telling it was Larry Warren, who was involved in the Rendlesham Force case. Mm-hmm. And he was in the lobby after this last lecture, just before I came up to the room. 
And I said, I'd like to talk to you about the story. And I said, you know, some people have their doubts. And he said, well, the way I have it on this, the website is, is totally accurate. And he was very upset that people would uh, disbelieve him. And he said, well, actually, i got pictures with Gleason. And I said, well, can you provide it? So this will be going up on the website, uh, a picture of him and Gleason together. And uh, it sort of backs up his story that he was with Gleason. And Gleason told him the story that uh, at an Air Force base in, in uh, Florida, uh, Gleason was shown the bodies by President Richard Nixon. So as we go along, there's more and more pieces being put together, and I think the pressure is building, and I think in the last 10 years uh, we've come a long way in terms of getting disclosure and forcing the issue. I mean, in past presidential campaigns, there's almost been no involvement of UFOs, and thanks to Shirley MacLaine, it is actually an issue in this campaign. And we just want to try to keep the pressure up, and... Uh, Hillary is the one that has the most baggage that you can actually uh, pressure her to talk about her involvement. And I think when people hear that Hillary Clinton was involved and Bill was, Bill was involved and they were working on it and they were asking agencies for files, then people will say, well, maybe we should look into it too. Absolutely. Uh, I know you guys have to get downstairs for the for the banquet itself. Yeah. Uh, we'd love to have you on sometime, Grant, for a whole show uh, further on okay. in the campaign talking about uh, sure. presidential UFOs for sure. So you're going to phone Steve on his cell, and then we we can continue, and uh, there's a bunch of people down there, and maybe Steve can plug you into some very interesting people, like Russ, Russell Targ, who did the remote viewing for the CIA, is here, and there's all sorts of very, very uh, distinguished uh, speakers here. That might even be where our science advisor is, because our, our co-host, Matt Moniz, who uh, is, he's got over 20 years' experience investigating UFOs. He's worked with a number of people in the field. He's not here, so I'm hoping he can get in in time to talk to some of these people, because that would just be incredible to, to get them okay. all in one room. But we'll let you guys get down there at least, because, you know, there's, there's probably going to be food, and you guys must be hungry. You betcha. So uh, we will uh, let you get down there, and we'll call you back in a little bit. Okay. Thank you, you very much, Grant. You, you, got, you got the cell number there. We do. Okay, thank you. Thank you very Bye. much. This is flying by the seat of our pants radio map, but this is important <laughs> stuff. I mean, this is oh, yeah. to, to have this opportunity, and we're very grateful to, to Steve Bassett and, and Grand Cameron for joining us tonight because you know they're at this they're at this um, at this banquet. You know, it's the the end of a, a long you know over week long conference. I would totally understand if they said, hey, you know, it's just it's too much tonight. We just want to relax, kick back. We want to talk to these people before everybody disperses and goes back to their you know individual research. You know, but the fact that they're willing to go down there and you know, say you know, basically shove a phone in people's faces and say, "Hey, will you talk to these guys?" Is is just it's phenomenal on Steve's part, and it just shows you know what the Paradigm Research Group is all about. I mean, they do a lot of political activism, a lot of you know, a lot of political action stuff to make sure that this stays in the forefront of what's going on in government. And uh, but they're also great, great friends to the researchers that are out there. That's great that they actually took the time to talk to us, and we were expecting one, and we got two, maybe. Yeah. Some more interesting people they could find. And, drag them to the phone. And, and I know we were short on time, uh, especially w with Grant, where he, um, you know, he kind of just jumped on there for a little bit. But uh, just reading some of these stories and what I'd always heard, you know, I'd heard some of the big stories about presidential UFO sightings. Yeah. Heard about Jimmy Carter. Uh, I'd even heard about Ronald Reagan saying that he had seen a, a UFO before. But I didn't realize just the level of involvement in not just the the presidential. You know, candidates that we're talking about now, but the past presidents and who they told and who else kept these stories alive. I mean, you got, as Grant was talking about, you have Jackie Gleason, uh, you know, who. This is the first I've heard of it. I'm going to have to go on the website and check it out. PresidentialUFO.com. I mean, and I've actually got the information here, so why don't we take a break? And, and while we take that break, you can look it over. Okay.
And I'll try and get Matt Moniz on the phone and find out what's up because I, I, I got a feeling he's not going to want to miss the rest of tonight's show. He's going to be sorry he did. Yeah. Okay. So uh, maybe we can get him on the phone later on or something. So, All right. We'll take a break. When we come back, we will talk more with uh, the various people that we can get on the phone at the uh, International UFO Congress in Laughlin, Nevada. But we will definitely talk more with Steve Bassett. We're going to find out more about the X Conference, the 2008 X Conference, which is coming up uh at the end of April, I believe. Let me just double check the date here. I have it right in front of me. Uh, April 18th through the 20th, 2008, at the Hilton Gaithersburg near Washington, D.C. And this is a huge event that Steve and the PRG is putting on. Uh, George Norrie is going to be there uh, hosting it. So, I mean, just wow. the fact that George is coming out to the East Coast to take part in this just shows you how big of an event this yeah. is going to be. He doesn't do very many uh, appearances. So no, and especially... Good. Where they're right outside of Washington D.C., they're going to be holding a press conference at the National Press Club. They've invited. We'll, we'll get into all of this with Steve a little bit later on because what they've done is very significant. And if they can actually, you know, get some real good media attention to this, it's just going to blow this whole thing wide open. Well, why don't we take this phone call before we take a break? Good evening, you're on Spooky South Coast. How you doing? Good. How you doing, guys? Good. Can you can you just sense the excitement in my voice tonight? <laughs> well, I can just I can just feel it. I can feel it. <laughs> Listen, you know, you're intelligent. We're all intelligent people, you know. But we don't know. I don't know if it's like extraterrestrial or terrestrial. It could be time, dimension, mm-hmm. uh, some kind of other what. But it's certainly worth something investigating. There's something. You know, there's too many times of all walks of life worldwide that have witnessed. Something scientifically, I don't think it's extraterrestrial. They're capable of warp speed, faster than the speed of light. Maybe we're on holes, but we know more about space than we know about the Mariana Trench, for instance. Okay, that's like five billion. We know fifteen percent of its history, carbon dating, blah blah blah. Eighty-five mm-hmm. percent is pre-Cambrian. We know nothing about. Okay, in other countries, people, average people, witness phenomena regularly, like. Uh, UFO, sh- well, for lack of a better word, emerging and plunging into the sea. Mm-hmm. And the government, <laughs> you know, you can, like, keep your fingers crossed because they will probably never divulge what they know, if whatever it is that they know, because it would disparage a lot of world religions. And you know how it's the opiate of the masses. You know, un- they would, it would be, un- they're unwilling to admit God is greater than religion professors, you know. Yeah, well- um, and, and also, then they would have been able to legislate morality, you know. Well, one of the but, things I'm concerned about too is if you look at what's happened in the past, when you know the American people has have responded to uh, a government that they deem oppressive, and I, I would think that they would deem you know a truth embargo, as Steve's talking about, to be an oppressive situation. You know, we've had revolution, we've had oh, civil listen, war. I'm a firm believer in like civil disobedience, but it's not just the hills, John Glenn has witnessed, like, some pilots worldwide have witnessed inexplicable things. Ronald Reagan, and you know, I'm no fan of his. I mean, I think he was stupid before he was sick. <laughs> but people people tend to be regimental in their mentality. They won't even leave their minds open enough to question themselves. However, there's something worth investigation. I'm just not sure if it's terrestrial, extraterrestrial, or what it is. But it's interesting. I mean, it's what do you think about what happened recently? All those people saying that they saw that they that they saw UFOs. I mean, it's happened before. Mm-hmm. Even even the Mexican Air Force has said it. And I didn't even know they had an Air Force. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it just seems like uh, 
I, I think that sooner or later they will be pushed, you know, to, to release more information. But until there's, you know, contact made and, and direct answers given, it's just not, it's not going to be enough. I mean, we'll always have that shady eye toward the government saying, okay, you still know more and you're still not telling us all that you know, uh, even if they are telling us all they know. Oh, because power, power rarely concedes without demand. You know that. Mm-hmm. Not me, Frederick Douglass, you know. <laughs> yeah. right. Well, we thank you for the call. Oh, and I heard your anniversary show, by the way. That, yes, we did. We celebrated our anniversary yeah, at the yeah, end of January. Yeah, yeah, the hats and horns, and but but um, and you mentioned my name, and I said, "Oh, gee, you know, <laughs> no." <laughs> well, we know we we know our loyal regular callers, and we appreciate them. Well, it's interesting. I just like keep my mind open so people can drop stuff into it. Absolutely. Peace. All right. Take care. All right, and if you'd like to check in during the course of the show, you can give us a call, 508-996-0500, 508-291-0500. And if you ever want to get in touch with us during the week, you can just go to our website, SpookySouthCoast.com. There's a message board there that we check daily. Uh, you can also email us, SpookyCrew at SpookySouthCoast.com. So there's a number of ways to get a hold of us. Uh, even if you don't feel comfortable coming on the air and sharing your opinions, you're always welcome to email them to us or get a hold of us on MySpace at MySpace.com slash SpookySouthCoast. And, of course, if you miss any of the show, you can get the podcasts from iTunes, from Zoom, from anywhere you get your podcasts, as well as archived right on our website at SpookySouthCoast.com. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we will check in with Steve Bassett at the International UFO Congress in Laughlin, Nevada, and we'll see uh, who else he can get on the phone. So stay tuned. We'll be back with more here on Spooky South Coast. Don't look now, but Spooky South Coast is creeping up behind you right after this. Turn on all your lights, lock the doors, and pull down the shades. Spooky South Coast is back. Welcome back to Spooky South Coast. Tim Weisberg here, along with Matt Costa, the silent assassin. Uh, what was I going to call you, Matt? I had another name I was going to call you this week. I can't remember it. I don't remember. It'll hit me later on. But I did solve the mystery of uh, where Matt Moniz is. He, he's actually out in the field investigating uh, at the Sam West house. The, oh, really? The house that we talked about with Katie and Johnny uh, on our South Coast Haunt show a couple of months back. They are there ha- uh, conducting another investigation. Uh, Chris Balzano is with him, John Horrigan. Uh, so apparently this is something that Moniz told me and I just forgot, oh. which is, you know, <laughs> like I would ever forget anything anybody told me. You know what that means? Uh, that means I'm going to just grab this microphone, come on over here, and sit down. You know, it's an overwhelming show when I have to sit down. Oh, It's just been so much Fast and Furious coming at us. I mean, when I, w- what basically happened is I was familiar with the PRG. I, I'd heard of them uh, before through, you know, I've heard Matt Moniz talking about, you know, the political lens of UFO uh, research and, and information uh, so I, I, I was aware of what they did, uh, but when I heard Steve on another radio show, you know, the, the, the big one, yep. when I heard him uh, talking on, on Coast to Coast, I, I was like, you know, we, we have to discuss this. And the more that I dug into what was being said and what was going on, and the more I realized how relevant things were going on with this presidential campaign, it, it became clear to me, just just as excited as, as Grant and and Steve were, you know, we're on the verge of something here, um, because it seems like if you look back at past presidential 
campaigns. I mean, it was a big deal when Jimmy Carter talked about his UFO sighting because yeah. it was something that wasn't really recognized uh, by the general public as being acceptable to talk about back in the 70s. But when you look at you know just the level of questioning that's gone on, this is every day presidential candidates speak. All right, we know this. Mm-hmm. Every day they're somewhere stumping for votes. And every day, wherever they are, there's bound to be somebody that brings up something that's, you know, a joke question or a lighthearted question or, you know, there's people that ask this question to these candidates probably on a daily basis. But now when it happens, it's making the news. Whatever responses they're giving, it's newsworthy. It's noteworthy. It's something that people want to know going forward. So that just shows me that it's it's definitely going to become more of an issue going forward. And I think that if what uh, Grant was telling us with Rob Simone and, and, and getting Hillary Clinton on the record, if that can go through, uh, you know, she's taking a big chance at at her voting stature, you know, whether or not she can get people to, to vote for her or not. But I think at this point she's kind of, you know, falling behind Obama a little bit. And this will either give her the push that she needs or it won't matter. She'll at least have gotten the truth out there. Um, Who knows? Yeah. I mean, it's hard because I I don't want to make my political decisions based solely on the idea of whether or not we'll get UFO disclosure. Uh, If I agree with one candidate's policies more than another, um, I'd like to think that that's what's more important. But when you look at just how America will be going forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, I basically want somebody that's going to be as forthcoming and as forthright as possible. Well, I mean, if a candidate is willing to just go on, go out on a limb and get these UFO documents or whatever out in the open, out in the public, then, I don't know, that seems like a, a candidate that isn't going to hold back when it comes to health care or education or whatever. Sure. So. I mean, I don't want to know about every time the U.S. government tries to assassinate the foreign leader of another country yeah. uh, because I don't want the people in the other country to know. Uh, I think that, you know, secrecy is a major part of what a government needs to do to operate successfully. Mm-hmm. But when you have people in your own country that are being affected by this and that don't understand what's going on, uh, when you have people whose lives are being ruined by the fact that, you know, they're being uh, contacted, abducted, I mean, it, it all depends on how deep you want to go I- into what's going on. Uh, if President Eisenhower had a secret meeting with the UFOs, uh, I'm sorry, with the uh, extraterrestrials and came to some sort of treaty agreement, you know, do we want to think that the same race of extraterrestrials that signed this treaty with the President of the United States are the same ones that are taking American citizens against their will and conducting experiments and that the government okayed this? You know, it, it gets to be a slippery slope as to what direction you want to take it, but... Mm-hmm. It just seems like, you know, it's it's one of those things that it's had such a profound effect on people and it's something that needs to be answered. Uh, the, the, the rise in technology, I've heard everything from, you know, the, the stealth bomber to cell phones uh, being credited to alien technology, that there was some sort of alien technology that helped further that cause. On one hand, I think that's, I don't know, bunk, I guess, that we, I mean... Uh, I'm sure we developed everything on our own, but there's always that little part of my mind that's like, we've accelerated a lot over the past hundred years or so. Just the past 50 years. Yeah. And it's like, I don't know, it's kind of fishy. All right, I, I, I'm, I'm looking at things uh, quite simply. You know, 1947 is you know the first really big UFO flap that really got the whole ball rolling here. Mm-hmm. And look at the advances in technology we've made from 1947 to the point we're at today, compared with even the Industrial Revolution before that. 
you know, the advances that we made before that, just it wasn't that big of a boom. Um, but I think also we've been the beneficiaries of one technology has quickly led to another. Mm-hmm. We've been the beneficiaries of the fact that, you know, it's not just Henry Ford making the motor car anymore. You know, if uh, if a microchip is designed, it's not one company that makes that microchip. So therefore, if, you know, 5,000 companies can make microchips and there's 5,000 companies working on uses for them. Mm-hmm. So I think that, you know, the fact that this technology has been so successful is what's led to the quick development of other things. I mean, just look at, uh, for example, you know, five, ten years ago, we didn't even have DVDs. Now we're up to the point where we have high-definition DVDs to play on our high-definition televisions. It's just once the consumer demand is there, it's easier to make these things happen. But when you look at some of the genesis points of these, you're like, oh, okay, that's the stuff of science fiction novels. Uh, but then, uh, I mean, we're, dis- we're discovering now, like I was watching a thing on the History Channel the other day about how advanced we were uh, years ago how past civilizations were more advanced than we thought they were. Sure. So, But then that also lends to the debate. Uh, how, I do, guess how do they get so advanced? You, you can go back to the yeah. to the ancient astronaut debate of, you know, were they given information? Were they given uh, certain technologies? Uh, but also, you know, you, you can also delve into the possibility that, you know, civilizations are cyclical and that we are not this advanced we're not the most advanced that human beings have ever been at this point in time that these civilizations have popped up prospered reached the point that we're at self-destructed and started anew hmm. so i mean if, if and they say that the earth could very well be a lot older than we think it is you know what we're that we could just be carbon dating the remnants of past civilizations okay so i mean it it, it depends on how deep you want to go but i think you know, at this point in time, with the way Americans specifically in the world is as a whole, you know, I think this is the point, if any, that we're willing to accept what's going on, you know, in the skies beyond what we know now. Uh, I think that the the doors have been opened for that, and if there is that information being held from us, you know, now is the time. Well, all I can say is that uh, if foreign co- foreign countries seem so open about this and seem willing to talk about it. I don't understand I don't understand why our country isn't in a way. My belief, my my gut I mean, belief that, with that I, I is I know we're the most like conservative or country, I guess. Well, well on on some parts, I guess. Let, let me take it let me give you a different example uh and and i i want to make sure i get my facts right and i i don't have the option of looking it up on the internet to double check but uh, let me go back to my college days and when i took a a human rights uh course if i remember correctly when the um when the un was being formed and they came up with the universal uh treaty on the declaration of human rights the un declaration okay. of human rights the United States uh, basically was forcing countries to sign it or not do trade with us. Uh, basically, it was an anti-torture agreement, you know, and, and we were telling countries, if you want to do fair trade with us, then you need to sign this without having our own signature on that document. So is that kind of, you know, the way that we operate, that, you know, it, it's not uncommon for us to keep ourselves set aside from what we expect from other countries? Uh, my guess would be, 
and it's just clearly a somewhat educated guess. However involved these other countries are in the UFO, uh, in this truth embargo, as Steve was calling it, mm-hmm. I, I think that they're only peripherally involved, whereas the U.S. has somehow made that direct you know, connection, that direct deal, that direct uh, contact, or, or the direct beneficiary of, of what this technology is. Okay. And that could just be as simple as, you know, the UFO crashed here and not in England. But I think for some reason, I think they have, you know, more to lose by disclosing than these other countries do. Okay. So. That makes sense. I mean, if you look at it, though, I mean, the rest of the world kind of looks to us for their, <laughs> their innovations uh, in, in that manner, so. Yeah. But, I mean, I could also be talking out my butt. Wouldn't be the first time. <laughs> We're getting into some deep world... Uh Issues, yeah. Well, that's what that's what this show should be about, though. It really should. More world I mean, issues. No, but I mean, we've given people Let's talk about the euro. So. <laughs> the dollar is weak. Okay, <laughs> Matt. The dollar is weak. Invest in gold. But <laughs> that's a different show. <laughs> but if you look at if if you look yeah. at what we talk about here every week, you know, mm-hmm. we've given people the basic fundamentals of what the information is. We're trying to get them on the path of what they can believe and how much they're willing to buy into. So now that we've given them that core basis, now we have to push that. We have to push that belief. We have to push that questioning. Uh, we've given you a little bit of a, a primer in UFOs, and you know we've we've talked about it with different cases and different investigations in the past. You know, and, and we're getting to the point now where the listeners they're going to start questioning things and they're, they're going to start having these concerns, and we need to kind of keep feeding that information to them. We need mm-hmm. to keep not feeding them, like telling them what to believe, but we need to keep giving them access to that information. And, and it could be something as simply saying, you know, go to paradigmresearchgroup.org and just find a wealth of information on, on what's been going on in this truth embargo. And then people can make up their own mind and, you know, we don't have to worry about exactly what we can cover in two hours. I don't want to tell people things. I, I don't. I don't want our yeah, you role want them here to let them make their own decision and hopefully spread the word of, or not exactly uh, convince other people, but give them the pass on that information, and then the information is just widespread. I just want to basically tell them, hey, look, isn't this interesting? Isn't this good information? Isn't this person's research, you know, something that you want to delve into more, and then have them do it? I, I'm not trying to. Tell people things here. I'm trying to educate them. Edu- yeah. It, well, exactly. <laughs> I mean, the same. This, the, what we've been lucky enough to achieve. What we've been lucky enough to be given this gift of working with the people that we're able to work with. Just last night, uh, you know, we have the opportunity to meet and 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 listen to a lecture from John Zaffis, uh, who is just a legend in the paranormal field. Uh, he's encountered just about everything there is to encounter. Surprisingly enough, has not encountered an EVP. I was surprised. <laughs> yeah, we were we were talking about that on the way home. That it, we just thought it was unusual, but you know, and as much as we've talked to John, you know, three four times in the past, as much as I've shared emails with him, and uh, as much as we've read about him and and things by him, and we've had con- there's still so much that we can pick up on. And so he's telling me last night. Well, he's he's talking in this presentation about you know how when poltergeists are present, there's that scent of ozone. And I hadn't heard that before. And so what I've, the first thing that I did when I got home is I started researching that online, finding more and more instances of that. So now I know when I go out into the field, if I should happen to encounter that ozone smell, I might be on the lookout for, for poltergeist activity or, or vice versa. You know, 
just one little tiny thing that I was able to, to, to pick up on in that lecture that, you know, I wouldn't have been if I had just kept going. If I had just listened to John Zaffis the first time we had him on and said, great, now I know everything John Zaffis knows. Yep. You know, so the fact that the education just keeps going and it's up to you to, to pick it up from there. Speaking of picking things up, uh, we are running up against the news. Uh, that's why I didn't I didn't want to try and check in with Steve, you know, so close to the news break and have him get somebody on the phone or anything and and, and say to him, okay, yeah, yeah. now we got to go. So um, why don't we? How about instead of the week and weird, uh, we just let people know uh, about this one story that I wanted to cover, and then uh, we can just get into things in the second hour. Does okay. that that work for you? Uh, tomorrow, I, I'm lucky here. Uh, I'm the beneficiary of an early copy of tomorrow's Boston Globe, the Globe South section. I can't tell you how I got it, because uh, if, if I tell you, they'll have to kill me. But we do have an advanced copy of tomorrow's Boston Globe, the Globe South section, and there's a story called Seeing Ghosts about a two-man paranormal team uh, who will try to unearth some spirits that some believe exist in Middleborough, Massachusetts, ornate town hall. Uh, and these two gentlemen, Ed Bolio and Len Anderson are a couple people from the Middleborough area who had the opportunity to investigate the town hall in Middleborough. Uh, and these gentlemen use a variety of different equipment. Uh, and it doesn't say directly in the story that they, if they use EVP or not. So I'm going to try and contact these two gentlemen uh, over the course of, of the next couple of weeks and see if we can get in touch with them and find out what they find in this investigation. But you definitely want to check this story out. Uh, it's a great story written by Christine Laguerre, a Globe correspondent, and uh, there's uh, some some psychic photos, uh, some photos of uh, ectoplasm that they believe that they caught uh, at a, at a house in Middleborough. So uh, definitely check that story out, and we'll put a link up on it in the Week and Weird section of the SpookySouthCoast.com message board as well. And maybe we'll send uh, maybe we'll send uh, Christine Laguerre a bumper sticker for putting out that story. But and thanks to my mom and dad. Oh, whoops! I gave away my source. <laughs> They're high ups at the Boston Globe, so that's how they can pull that kind of thing off. All right, so we are coming up on the CBS, um, is ABC News? ABC. The AB, I gotta stop saying that, man. We're gonna get sued. We'll just say the news. We're coming up on the news break at the top of the hour. When we come back in hour number two, we will check back in with Steve Bassett of the Paradigm Research Group down in Laughlin, Nevada. They are going to be attending the banquet that's going to uh, basically commence the entire uh, UFO International UFO Congress down there. We're going to see uh, if anybody's willing to jump on the phone with us, but we'll definitely talk more with Steve. We'll tell you more about the X Conference, which is coming up April 18th through the 20th, just outside of Washington, D.C. You don't want to miss that. We'll also tell you about Ghost Rush, which is coming up at the end of this month. So stay tuned for all that. We'll be right back after just a few minutes for the news here on Spooky South Coast. Lost civilizations, extraterrestrials, myths and monsters, missing persons, magic and witchcraft, unexplained phenomena. For 58 years, Fate has provided true reports of the strange and unknown. Fate is a factual magazine containing articles by experts in all walks of life and by others just like you who have had something dynamic, significant, and truthful to say. Keep up with the latest on all aspects of the paranormal. Angels and miracles, psychic phenomena, ghosts, UFOs, and much, much more. To subscribe, call now at 
1-800-728-2730 or visit their website at fatemag.com. That's 1-800-728-2730 or www.fatemag.com. What are you waiting for? Your fate awaits. South Coast is back. It's Saturday night. I have no date. A two-liter bottle of Shasta and my all-rush mixtape. Let's rock. Welcome to Spooky South Coast, second hour, or as Tim Weisberg likes to say, hour number two. There you go. There you go. It's like my catchphrase. I'm our, our big UFO show. It is. I but, mean, uh, it, it's it's hard talking politics and UFOs. Well, I mean, we're keeping to the we're keeping them together. Would you ever ba- would you ever vote on somebody just based solely on uh, on whether or not they'd release UFO documents? Good, you know, for the. It might be a factor, but I don't think I would. I don't think it would be a uh, deciding factor. But I don't know. I mean, I, I guess major. I'm just not. Maybe I'm just not politically savvy. For somebody who you know minored in political science in college, you think I'd have a little bit more of a political stake. But oh. I just think that that's the mark of a person is uh, how much they'd be, as you were saying before, you know, how much they'd be willing to disclose. So, and from what we've read. Uh, Especially on presidentialufo.com and on the Paradigm Research Group's website, uh, paradigmresearchgroup.org. You know, there's there's information to be found out there. You know, so how come people can't be more forthcoming now with it? You know, why do we have to find out about this stuff later on? That's just I don't know. It's the paranormal investigators' lament, I guess. Speaking of paranormal investigators, uh, you have an opportunity to meet a number of them coming up at an event at the end of this month. It's going to take place in Volcano, California, and this is just a huge, huge event. It's called Ghost Rush. It's March 28th through the 30th. You can check out the website at ghostrush.com, and it's going to happen at the very haunted St. George Hotel. And some of the guests that will be there include Chris Williams, who you will see this Wednesday night on the season premiere of Ghost Hunters. And we have it on good authority, Matt Costa, Silent Assassin. That uh, this first episode of Ghost Hunters of the new season, they investigate Fort Mifflin. We have it on good authority that it's just going to be an outstanding episode with some just extremely, extremely interesting evidence. And uh, and John Zaffis was talking about it last night about Fort Mifflin itself and, and the activity that goes on there. Uh, I saw the, I think it was, I think it was Cities of the Underworld, one of those History Channel shows. Um, nothing as great as Monster Quest, obviously. I mean, that's the greatest <laughs> History Channel show in history. But you know, we'll get into that in the yeah. coming months. But um, it was one of those History Channel shows where they actually went into Fort Mifflin. It wasn't a paranormal show. They were just showing, you know, the way that it was constructed and all these underground caverns and you know mm-hmm. bunkers that they have there. And it just it seems to me like it would be a great place for paranormal activity. So I'm glad that you know 
Jason and Grant uh, had the opportunity to go out there and investigate it. And so if John was telling us, you know, that he's had a number of experiences there as well, so. Should be a good episode. Absolutely. And they've been teasing it uh, with with uh, commercials and, you know, showing us little bits and pieces of it during Ghost Hunters International. So the uh, the excitement level is definitely up for the new season. It's, it premieres Wednesday at 9 p.m. on the Sci-Fi Channel, followed immediately by the season premiere of Destination Truth. And in this first episode of Destination Truth, Josh Gates will head out in search of the Yeti. Okay. So... And Which uh, all he has to do if he wants to find it is go to the Sam West house and a cushion it, and he's over there investigating with Chris <laughs> Balzano and John Horgan. Our own Matt Moniz. He likes it if you throw him whole fishes, Josh Gates. Just the whole fish. He'll eat it all in one bite. <laughs> Actually, casserole sandwiches. <laughs> That's true, casserole <laughs> sandwiches. But getting getting back to Ghost Rush, we will have they will have Chris Williams there, Jeff Belanger, who is just if you get a chance to see Jeff speak, it's something that uh, you don't soon forget. We'll put it that way, and that's you know that's just the clean part of his presentation. That's not the part that goes on uh, in the green room afterward, which uh, no paranormal investigator can ever forget. He's just a wild and crazy guy, that Jeff Belanger. Uh, Lloyd Auerbach, who is known as Professor Paranormal, uh, and anybody who's followed this field for a long time, they know the name Lloyd Auerbach. He actually teaches courses through Jeff's website, ghostvillage.com. Also, Constantinos, another paranormal author, will be there. Todd Sheets, host of Night Watch, and probably the world's biggest Batman fan. And uh, we're going to actually have Todd on sometime soon, uh, if not to talk about this UFO situation that's going on with our, our regular caller and friend Audrey, uh, and every time she tries to appear on a show, or at least to talk to him about the new Batman movie when that comes out. Yep. At least get his review of that. Uh, some guy named Matt Moniz is going to be there. At least, at least this time we know that he's going to be gone. You know, We know ahead of time that he won't be here because it's, uh, it's on the website for Ghost Rush. Uh, Amy Bruni, who's putting this whole thing together. She's also the producer for Beyond Reality Radio, Jason and Grant show on our sister station. Uh, TAPS family manager, Brett Griffith, Dave Walters, Mark Stinson, Dee Disparty, Jason Lindo, Ann Overheiser, Gary McKinney, and Psychic Tiffany Johnson. And new names are added up every day, so you definitely want to go to ghostrush.com to check out more about that. Also, March 15th, John Zaffis and TAPS' Kristen Gartland will be descending upon the Houghton Mansion in North Adams, Massachusetts. You can go to IdealEventManage.com to sign up for that. And uh, I would go out there, but it's apparently it's, a, it's like a two-hour drive mm-hmm. out to North Adams, which is about a 45-minute drive if you let Moniz drive. <laughs> so that wouldn't be too bad, but I just don't know if I'll be able to make it out there. Matt, are you, I don't know if you have plans on going. Um, I'll try to go. It, it's just it's, it's it, I gotta be places early in the morning, oh, yeah. so I, it just wouldn't be beneficial for me to try to rush back in the morning. But I I would not want to miss out on that chance to invest. I love investigating with Kristen. She's a great investigator. It's it's a lot of fun. Um, she takes it very seriously without things getting too serious. And uh, John Zaffis, you know, just to to watch at the foot of a master would be. Uh, a special experience. So you don't want to miss that. Definitely head out there. And the fact that Spooky South Coast won't be there in mass is probably more of a reason for you to go. Because we won't get in the way with our lame jokes and our bad breath. I will. Okay. Well, uh, I mean... Yeah. It, There's going to be a lot of good stuff coming up. Yeah, it's, I was just going to say that. You know, it's, it's not even Halloween and tis the season, you know? It seems like always around this time of year, there seems to be this explosion of conferences. And new ones pop like up this, every year. I mean, that's in the Midwest and down south. Uh, everywhere but here. I know. 
But that's okay because we need more up here. There's, there's actually a group that's working on that. Cold all the time. Cert, Cert's power conference is coming up soon, yep. and we we'll have uh, Rob Tremblay on talk about that in the coming weeks as well. Uh, speaking of the coming weeks, we just want to let everybody know uh, some programming notes here on Spooky South Coast. Uh, there's a whole bunch. We have this big paper in front of us, Matt, Matt Cost and myself, uh, which you know you can't read over the radio, but it's huge. The list of great sporting events that are coming up here on WBSM, and they all just seem to be happening on Saturday nights. Quack, quack. I know, but that's what happens. That's what happens when you pick this time slot, Matt. So didn't you pick this time uh, slot? I think it was a collaborated. Okay, so we're all to blame. But uh, coming up uh, in the next couple of weeks, there's going to be some Saturday night Celtics games. Uh, there's also going to be the NCAA tournament starting uh, in the later part of March. You know, the March Madness tournament that goes uh, into April with the championship game, I believe, is on Saturday, April 5th. Uh, and then right around the corner from that is the Red Sox. So basically what we're looking at is uh, there's going to be a, some nights where we try to come on at 6 p.m. Of course, I haven't talked to the station management here yet about this, but we'll just operate under the assumption that we'll be coming on some nights before uh, Celtics games, before Red Sox games, trying to sneak on between like maybe a college game and a pro game, depending on what's going on. So all you have to do to find out what's going on is just stay tuned to SpookySouthCoast.com. And right there on the front page of our, our great new website designed by Banal of America, you can check out right in the corner there. We'll have whatever the time is going to be of the show. And if there's going to be any kind of change, we'll let you know ahead of time. You can also join our MySpace, myspace.com slash spooky south coast. And right on the front page of our spooky south coast.com site, there's also a little chance to sign up for the news feed where you will be alerted, uh, via email if there's any changes, uh, any updates, uh, to the show. And we got to work on that text messaging program too so we can what we'll do is we'll have people sign up and we can give them text alerts because so much of the time we find out things that are going on like an hour before we go on the air uh, it'd be nice to be able to just you know get a group of people that we can send them a text alert you know let them know all right you know we're going to have steve bassett on tonight and there's a chance that grant cameron could join us so you know call in with your presidential ufo questions well, you know just because we fly by the seat of our pants here so yep. much, and we want to make sure that people uh And it's a nice new feature not many people are taking advantage of. The text messaging? Yeah. It is. Oh. It, the problem is is it gets annoying. I mean, uh, you know you know how much I like Ghost Hunters. You know yeah. how much I love Jason and Grant, and I think they're great people, and I don't blame them for this at all. But when you sign up for the, you know, for the Ghost Hunters you know, text alerts, you're getting something all the time. <laughs> and I just don't have that level of commitment to anything. It's so, also a nickel, too, every time. Every time. So, <laughs> uh, you know, for me, it's a little bit annoying. We won't do that. You know, we, we'd be giving, about, you know, maybe once, twice a week when at most. When it's needed. Yeah. So. I mean, well, it's more needed with them because, you know, they, they've got more All interactive right. stuff going on. We're, we're not that interactive. Yeah. All right. Well, why don't we take a break, and we'll try to get Steve Bassett back on the phone, and we will talk more about UFOs, about the embar- the truth embargo, uh, about the Paradigm Research Group and what they do there, and we'll also talk to him about the upcoming X Conference uh, coming up April 18th through the 20th at the Hilton Gaithersburg outside of Washington, D.C. And if you want to check out the website for the X Conference, all you have to do is go to paradigmresearchgroup.org, and there's a link right at the top there. But uh, when we come back, we'll talk about some of the great guests that are going to be a part of this event and uh, including some breaking news regarding it as well. So stay tuned. We'll be right back here on Spooky South Coast. 
It blew books off shelves from 20 feet away and scared the socks off some poor librarian. Turn on all your lights, lock the doors, and pull down the shades. Spooky South Coast is back. This looks extraordinarily bad. <laughs> All right, welcome back to Spooky South Coast. Tim Weisberg here, along with the silent assassin, Matt Costa, working the boards to perfection, as always. And he's feeling a little bit under the weather, folks, and he's still braving through the show tonight. Um, there's there's a good chance he's going to vomit all over the board before the end of the night. But uh, is it something you ate? I, I don't know. I think it's just a stomach bug. You finally oh, got what, what was you know wreaking havoc on me the last yep. couple of weeks? Yep. As I come out of it, you come down with it, so... And you're way more integral to what goes on here than I am. Any fool can come in and talk for two hours. But uh, not everybody can uh, slide around buttons and push. I'm just kidding. I'm just. <laughs> you're, you're actually trained in that kind of stuff. and Nobody's ever taught me how to talk. <laughs> but we, uh, we are having some connection issues with Steve Bassett of the PRG uh, down in Laughlin, Nevada. They are in a very, uh, it's kind of a hit or miss cell phone zone down there. So if uh, we are unable, we, we've. Left them a message, uh, left them the phone numbers to call, and if for some reason you know we can't get through, we'll we'll definitely have them on in the coming weeks to talk more about the X conference coming up. But uh, you know who knows, they might be able to check in at some point during the course of the evening. But we don't want to miss this opportunity to let you know about what's going on. The X conference 2008, dubbed the Insiders Two, it'll take place April 18th through the 20th, 2008, at the Hilton Gaithersburg near Washington D.C. And uh, actually, jump on the internet right now and book a room. Actually, you can call them directly, 301-977-8900, because they have a special rate going on, $89 for a single or a double, if you refer that you're booking for the X Conference 2008. Those conference rates will be available from April 14th through the 23rd, so if you want to get down there a little bit early, uh, check out some of the sites of Washington, D.C., lobby your congressperson to release more UFO documents, whatever you want to do while you're down there. Uh, you can go down there, get a whole bunch of extra time, April 14th through the 23rd. These rates are available. $89 for a single or a double. So uh, that means that you could, you know, Matt Costa and I could go down there and split an $89 room for 45 bucks a night. You can't mm-hmm. beat that. I mean, I, you can't sleep in a car in Washington, D.C. for that cheap. Uh, Trust me, I know I've tried. Of course, I just stay at my aunt's place. but yeah. That's you, you could only pay $89 for a room. While I'm uh, enjoying the cozy free digs, yep. but uh, <laughs> you know, yeah, you just definitely have to book that right away because th- those rooms are going to go really fast. Three zero one nine seven seven eighty nine hundred is the number uh, to book a room at the Hilton Gaithersburg where everything's going on, and the conference is just going to be phenomenal. Cheryl Jones and Steve Bassett will be co-hosting the event together, and the luminaries that they brought together to to have uh, some of the most Prime discussion on UFO research, uh, investigation, information, uh, government disclosure, everything will be on the table there. They're going to bring in Dr. Edgar Mitchell, a former NASA astronaut who uh, is renowned for his work that he's done with uh, psychic abilities while on the space shuttle, the, the, while on the space missions. Uh, we're actually working on getting him on the show here on Spooky South Coast. We're trying to work everything out. Maybe after the uh, the NCAA stuff is over and everything, we'll, we'll get Dr. Edgar Mitchell on the program. Also, former Canadian Defense Minister Paul Hellyer will be there as well. I mean, he's kind of the impetus for a lot of this, uh, 
he was kind of the jumping off point. I mean, for a lot of this government disclosure, when he started talking about, you know, what the Canadian government had on record about UFO sightings and about UFO information, and, and he started, you know, getting this disclosure ball rolling. Also, uh, Dr. John Alexander, who has been very instrumental in releasing a lot of the information about the paranormal phenomena that the military has studied and worked with, uh, as well, everything from UFO technology to remote viewing, uh, I mean, that's it's like four, four, four or five different Spooky South Coast episodes alone that we could have Dr. John Alexander talking about. Uh, Colin Andrews, who's worked closely with Matt Moniz on, on crop circle research and a number of other UFO uh, cases. Uh, Grant Cameron, who we heard earlier tonight here, who has done a, a lot of research into presidential UFOs. Uh, Rich Dolan, who you might have seen on the Sci-Fi Investigates program, but he's a top-notch UFO investigator, uh, well-known and well-respected in the community. He'll be there as well as Terry Hansen, uh, the Human Potential Foundation, C.B. Scott Jones, uh, Ph.D., Dr. Bruce Maccabee, who anybody who's uh, interested in ufology knows that name quite well, Dr. Jesse Marcel Jr., uh, the son of Jesse Marcel, who went out and retrieved the uh, item that crashed at Roswell. Mm-hmm. We had him on over the summer, and he told us you know, what he got to see with his own eyes, uh, what his father showed him, what he brought to the house that had crashed at Roswell, New Mexico. He has a little bit different perspective than what the official government report is. Also, Dr. Brian O'Leary, uh, Rob Simone, who by this point could be talking about his groundbreaking interview with uh, Hillary Clinton, as well as Dr. Thomas Vallone uh, and Victor Vigiani and Mike Bird, a couple of uh, Canadian researchers as well. And uh, the, according to the website, uh, they have breaking news that the latest version of Dr. Lynn Cate's Phoenix Lights documentary will have its East Coast premiere at the X Conference. As well. Now, this is also what I think is going to be a huge part of this event. They're going to have a press conference at the National Press Club where they're going to come out and they're going to, you know, basically give a a State of the Union address uh, with the Paradigm Research Group and what they've been working on. But they've invited all the presidential candidates, even the ones who are no longer in the race and no longer in the running, they've invited them all to come and be part of this event. Yeah. And so far, you know, uh, Barack Obama has uh, declined the invitation to appear. Senator John McCain has declined the invitation to appear, mm-hmm. as well as a number of others that, uh, you know, are no longer in the running. Uh, Mike Huckabee has declined. I don't know how much of a factor he'll be by that point. It seems like John McCain's going to be uh, the, the Republican nominee. But the one big name that's still out there and still involved in this campaign that at least from the last time I checked, had yet to decline this invitation, is Hillary Clinton. Huh. How huge would it be if she actually attended this event? I don't know. That would, that would be phenomenal. What if Rob Simone can tie in that, that whole thing with you know actually getting Hillary Clinton on the record at the sex conference? There's the potential that that could happen. It would be uh, quite a thing if she showed up and knowing that everybody else declined. Oh, absolutely. That would, that, uh, I don't know. That would seem like a... It would be in her favor. And it's not like there won't be uh, significant press coverage for this event anyway. I mean, it's already going to get huge press coverage uh, as it is, but also going to be there is the one, the only George Norrie. So he's going to be hosting a a panel discussion, I believe, uh, on the Saturday afternoon. It's a special VIP ticket, so you want to make sure you uh, add that to your package when you purchase your tickets uh, to the X Conference. But, you know, George Norrie is going to be there, and... 
he could document all this for Coast to Coast. I mean, this could just be a huge worldwide media event. So uh, to to actually have the opportunity to be there, you don't want to miss that. Yeah. So all you have to do is go to paradigmresearchgroup.org. You know it's a big conference when not only is George going to be there, but I might actually make it down to the – you know, it might just be early enough in the NBA playoffs that I can sneak away for a yeah. couple of days. So maybe we can do our show from there as well. I'm surprised all the people who uh, who dropped out of the race wouldn't just go. Well, but that's the problem. Once you go there, you know, you have to – you know, you're going to be asked questions that you're going to have to answer. Yeah. You can't pull a Barack Obama and get away with, you know – Skirting the issue when you're at the X conference, uh, there's too many, too many great researchers and, and, and people who are definitely going to make sure that those questions get answered, mm. uh, and they have to think about things like you know future runs and possible uh, vice president sure. spots, uh, and some people I think uh, just aren't privy to any information and don't have anything to offer. I mean that's just my, my guess. Makes sense. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, we'd love to hear more of Dennis Kucinich's story. We'd love to hear more about, you know, what he experienced. Uh, and and it's I, I like what Grant and and Steve were talking about earlier. They both gave recognition to Shirley MacLaine for what she was able to do. And hey, I'm not the world's biggest Shirley MacLaine fan in terms of her acting. Uh, if I have to watch Steel Magnolias one more time, I'll probably poke my eyes out with a spoon. <laughs> It's not a bad movie. It's just I had to watch it so much growing up because you know I had three sisters and a and a mom that loved that movie. But I, I'm not a huge Shirley MacLaine fan when it comes to her acting. But what she's done to bring, uh, we'll we'll just lump it all in as the the unexplained or the unknown. What she's done to really bring this into the forefront for a lot of people is huge, and she's kind of gotten a bum rap for just being crazy Shirley MacLaine. You know, talking yeah. about her past lives and psychic abilities, but. You know, she's done a lot to help further this cause. And the fact that she wrote a book where she talked about Dennis Kucinich and, you know, this UFO sighting that he had kind of got this whole ball rolling. I think that it would have happened anyway. I think that there would have been, you know, these types of questions getting answered. But the fact that she, you know, put it out there and kind of did the dirty work for a lot of the, you know, the media, you know, gave them a story that they can roll with, mm. you know, that, that just kind of got things going. What do you think the chances are that we could get like Barack, Hillary, and and John McCain to like come on Spooky South Coast and have a debate about this? Um, slim to none. But I, well, we can at least put out the invite. Why not? It doesn't hurt. What are they going to do? The worst they're going to do is say no. I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you a secret here, and and I probably shouldn't share this with the audience because it's definitely not going to come to fruition. But I did try to go through the channels of putting in a request for Bill Clinton to come on the show. Really? Yes. This is. I was not aware of this. Yes. Well, because I didn't think it was going to go anywhere, so I didn't bother to tell anybody. I just basically contacted some people who I think can lead me in the right direction of how to go about trying to contact Mm -hmm. him. So I don't know. If he's listening to the show, Bill, we'd love to have you. I mean, we'd like to find out more about what you know about this UFO situation and what's going on there. It's not like he's doing nothing. (laughs) Just (laughs) dumping for his wife. But, I mean, I I do think, uh, and we mentioned it earlier when we were on the phone with Stephen Grant, I do think that... uh, if he gets the opportunity to be, you know, the first husband, yep. uh, two things that I think would definitely be on the forefront of his agenda, health care, because he worked so hard at it when he was in office and, and Hillary worked at it so hard, mm-hmm. and maybe getting an answer to some of these questions. 
And out of that whole big discussion that we had earlier about UFOs, the one little thing that was kind of just mentioned in passing that I want to know more about is what are these 3,000-plus pages of documents that the Clinton Library is going to release about the Kennedy assassination? Yeah. You know, what have they found out about that that we don't know already? Because a lot of this stuff was coming to the forefront during Clinton's, you know, during his presidency. So, you know, what were they able to get? What were they able to find out that we don't already know? 3,000 pages is a lot of pages. It is. <laughs> it could it's, be. It's, it's like half of a Stephen King book. I mean, <laughs> these are government documents. So when they say 3,000 pages, you know, there's not a lot of storytelling aspect to yeah. it. You know, there's not a lot of flowery description that's taking a page. You're getting 3,000 pages of hardcore fact information. So, I mean, I don't know. What do you think? It's, it's, uh, is it a whole revised Warren report? I don't know. Who knows? We won't. We won't know until it's released. I guess. One one thing we had we didn't really get a chance to talk about last week. We had so much right. going on, so much on the table was we didn't get a chance to talk about the uh, the transcript that yeah. was released that you actually brought to my attention. Yeah. Uh, Tell everybody what it was for those who who might not have heard. Well, I'm not sure. They, I guess they found a uh, a number of documents in a safe in a courthouse in Texas that uh, incorporated a uh, conversation between. A transcript of a conversation between uh, Oswald and Jack Ruby, which uh, they were discussing the the problem of Robert Kennedy, and they were discussing how to take care of him. And uh, Oswald replied uh, to Ruby, "Well, we can just kill his brother." Then. Yeah. So yeah, don't worry about him. We'll be taking care of him. But uh, I don't know if it's exactly uh, legitimate or not. I've heard. Uh, I read an article about how it was not really truthful. It was mm-hmm. kind of a made-up for a... Uh, I guess they were going to do a, a documentary on the film in the, I think, 1973. Mm-hmm. And that was part of the uh, one of the dramatizations, I guess. So they were trying to just so, speculate that and, this might have happened? And one of the lawyers kept it just for kind of like a keepsake because he thought it was kind of humorous that they would have this fake conversation between... Oswald and Ruby, so that's why I kept it. So I don't know. Well, I, I did. Uh, I did contact Jim Mars, mm-hmm. and I did ask him uh, when he has some time if he would just let us know and pop on with us for a few minutes at least to talk about this document and some of the latest information uh, about the JFK assassination. So I mean, it's it's if it's true, then it's huge. Oh, definitely. Because just the fact that they were talking about it beforehand—that's conspiracy. Yep. You know, if two people knew about it. That's one person. That means that if if Oswald did say that to Ruby, and then it's Ruby's, you know, job as a as an American citizen, his duty to report that. And so it's no longer just the lone nut anymore. It's now the lone nut and the accomplice, yeah. the accessory. So the only thing is, it it didn't say uh, where the information was retrieved from mm-hmm. it wasn't it didn't say whether it was a wiretap or a overheard conversation or anything so who knows where it came from or if it even came about at all but uh we'll definitely keep an eye on that story for sure uh we'll try and follow up more with jim mars in the, in the coming weeks so it looks like the vip line is ringing uh maybe we got steve on the line and he's able to pick up a signal yes oh excellent excellent I'm good for the rest of the show. Uh, the last 20 minutes here or so, I, I'm up uh, where I got a signal, so I can't 
I'm not down in the, the conference um, banquet right now because there's just not enough signal in there. But uh, I'm taking a break, so let's uh, let's talk some more. Absolutely. Uh, and we were talking about the X conference uh, beforehand, and we we were talking about just this great lineup of, of speakers that that's coming to the X conference. Uh, yeah, the fourth X conference is again in Gaithersburg, Maryland, outside of Washington D.C. April 18, 19, 20. All the info is up at the main website, x-conference.com, x-conference.com. And I'm very pleased we, we're, we're breaking some ground here. Uh, for instance, of all the speakers I have, only of all the speakers here at the, uh, the Laughlin IUFOC, uh, I think there's like 40 speakers, only three are at my conference. So we're, we're, we're trying to bring in uh, different sets of people. Mm-hmm. Um, but, of course, as, as I think most of your listeners probably know, the X Conference is not a UFO conference per se. It's about the political and uh, resolution of this issue, which is to say it's about all things that are pertinent to the government's actions and past and future and, and uh, the, uh, the uh, disclosure process and so forth, some phenomenology. But we're trying to get the information out that ultimately leads to the government relenting and saying, yes, there are extraterrestrials here. We have an extraordinary evening on Saturday um, at the banquet. We have three keynotes. And this has never happened at a conference in this genre before, I can assure you. The lead keynote will be by Dr. Edgar Mitchell, the MIT PhD who was selected to walk on the moon in Apollo 14, and came back to found the Institute of Atlantic Sciences and write the book, The Way of the Explorer, he will be giving the main keynote. Uh, then a short keynote will be given by Paul Hellyer, the former Deputy Prime Minister of Canada and Minister of Defense during the um, administration of Lester Pearson. His counterpart in the U.S. would have been Robert McNamara. And then we have a uh, brief uh, keynote by George Norrie, who is, of course, the host of the number one late-night talk show in America, Coast to Coast AM. And then earlier that day, George is giving a two-hour special fundraising presentation for PRG, where he'll sign autographs and talk about his career and take lots of questions from his fans, and that's during Saturday. Um, so you can see quite a day. And then we have uh, Doctor. We have three members of the legendary aviary: uh, Doctor John Alexander, Doctor C.B. Scott Jones, and Doctor Bruce McAbee to talk about the history of the aviary and the kind of things that were going on 20 years ago. We've got Dr. Tom Ballone talking about the alternative and ET technologies. We have, um, um, of course, Grant Cameron coming in to give a, a special presentation on the presidential developments on this issue and the history of the presidents on this issue. We have Victor Vigiani and Mike Berg coming in from Canada. Uh, we have Terry Hansen and Rob Simone will be presenting on the media uh, and exopolitics. Uh, Colin Andrews will be making a rare appearance. Uh, it's been a while since he's presented. He'll be talking about the exopolitics of crop circles. Um, th- this is a, just a, a few of the of the speakers we have. It's, it's really going to be oh oh and don't, don't forget Jesse Marcel. I think the most important living Roswell witness will be giving a 60 minute presentation. So this is what we have planned for April 18, 19, and 20, along with four documentaries and some panels. So I hope as many people uh, in your audience can come and join us. Please go to x-conference.com to learn how to register. 
And we were talking also about the uh, the invitation that you extended to all the presidential candidates to come and, and take part in the event. And I noticed on the list uh, that a few of them had declined, but interestingly enough, Hillary Clinton had not declined. Well, yeah, and often you get no response at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, but all are all are invited, as, as are all the members of Congress, or send staff. We keep we keep doing this, and we'll do it every year. We won't have to do it much longer, though. Uh, this issue is very close to breaking. You can feel the energy at this conference. You look at the material being presented. You watch the news. You look at the stories being written. You see questions being asked of the candidates. Uh, the work has been done. We have flooded the public awareness with the issue. We have flooded the media with information. We've, we've created a vast array of websites, our own publications, the research, and, of course, the video tube revolution or video uh, YouTube revolution, which has allowed the content of these conferences as well as interviews. Uh, for instance, if I'm interviewed on Fox News or CNN, I immediately get that up on the Internet, and then it gets viewed by many, many more people and stays up there. And as more interviews are done, they stay up. And so the embargo, the truth embargo, this policy to not acknowledge the ET presence, we're literally drowning it in in information, drowning it in, in activism, it's simply finished. It's done. Uh, so your listeners need to be prepared very soon to hear from their own government or possibly from another nation's government to be followed by our government that the ET presence is real. And then they will, along with the rest of us, have to decide what we're going to do about that. And it'll be fun to see how we respond and what we do I think we will have an opportunity, unlike any generation in history, to build a new world in the post-disclosure period. I hope we take that opportunity seriously and we build the best new world that we can. Well, in addition to all the work that the PRG has done uh, in, in moving toward this, is, is there still things that people can do on their own on a grassroots level? Uh, is there still, you know, how much will petitions help? How much will contacting your congressperson help in, in pushing for the release of this information? Oh, yeah. Anytime someone, you know, in their own writing, in their own words, contacts their representative in Congress or their Senate, or in the Senate and indicates that they think the issue is seriously and they expect them to take it seriously, anytime they write, the, you know, a letter to the paper commenting on the coverage of, of this issue, usually if it's not good coverage, uh, this, this has impact. It, it's helpful. Uh, they contact even a news, news um, um, channel and say, look, uh, well, I know more about this issue. I know enough about this issue to know that what you just put out there is silly. It's ridiculous. That's not right. Do a better job. People can keep doing that uh, by all means. If they, if they, if they want to go further and help uh, the activism, then obviously they can contribute to the organizations that are pursuing the resolution of this issue as they see fit. I have a number of supporters. Thank God if it wasn't for that, I couldn't do what I do. Uh, but it, it, it's, it's, it's important that the public certainly pay attention, and to the extent they support is good. Um, we're going to have disclosure one way or the other. Uh, what really, and that's inevitable, what really is, uh, is still at issue is how will we deal with it? How much... Are we going to demand of the government? Are we going to demand reform of the national security structures? Are we going to insist that we never be, never have reality misrepresented at this level again? Are we going to to start to restructure and reform uh, areas of government that have gotten out of control? 
or are we going to allow the status quo to remain? Uh, uh, this is up to us. And, and so the real activism, the, the populist activism, will begin in the post-disclosure era where people will be highly motivated. I mean, right now, it's not on the, this issue is hardly in the top of their list. I can understand why. There's other issues. But in the, once disclosure has taken place, I'm hoping that people will be highly motivated and then they will, they will take action to correct the things that uh, have developed since 1947, the, the, the dysfunction within government, abuses of power, reform and correct these things so that uh, we, we have a better nation uh, down the line. Well, it's just going to change everybody's, just their belief system. It's going to be such a radical change for people who haven't already accepted this information uh, to finally face it and have to say, okay, there's something bigger than myself here, something bigger than what we know. Uh, is there going to be a push, and, and maybe this goes back to how much you think that, that the government has been involved in this, but do you think that there's been contact, first contact made already, and how much will the public push to have that done on a more public level? Well, there's certainly a possibility that kind of, some kind of formal contact has already occurred between ETs and government entities, uh, and that we're not aware of it. Even the treaties have been signed. I don't know for sure. Uh, I'm speculating, but it's certainly possible. Uh, it's my contention that, that once disclosure has taken place, once the self-disclosure process has taken place and the nations of the world acknowledge the ET presence, that contact, formal out-in-the-open contact, won't, will follow pretty soon. Uh, after the world has had a few years to, quote, digest the new situation, right? Adjust, as it were. Sure. Uh, it makes a lot of sense. It would be appropriate. It would be the, the right way to go if you were going through this process. doesn't mean it will happen, but I just have a hunch about it. So disclosure means probably contact, too, but maybe in a few years. Open contact. Now, that's a big deal. There's no question, though I think the disclosure event is probably bigger in a way. Contact, when it comes, will almost be anticlimactic, to be frank. However, if there have been deals in the past between our government or other governments and ETs, then this is significant, because clearly we were not informed about this. Obviously, we're going to know what deals were made, what are the arrangements. And if we don't like the terms, we're going to probably voice our concern. Um, this is inevitable. But the government will not just simply give this information immediately. They will. The government will announce the ET presence. They will acknowledge it. They will give out a limited amount of information, and they will withhold a great deal more for national security purposes. And the people will start to put pressure on the government and say, well, we don't, but that's not enough. We want more. We justify keeping this secret, etc. And there'll be a tug of war that'll goes on, goes on. And that's to be expected. Ultimately, we'll win that tug of war, but still, it will go on for a while. And then the other concern, which you sometimes hear about, which I, I, I don't quite have as much concern as some, but nevertheless, don't dismiss it. And that is that there will be a great temptation for our government or perhaps other governments, China, Russia, knowing how powerful this information is, how extraordinary it is, how much leverage it, 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 it offers. There may be a temptation to manipulate the information in order to, quote, achieve certain purposes, to, again, misrepresent reality, but at this in, in a post-disclosure way. This would be bad... It, it, it must not happen. Uh, we're certainly getting that message out now. You hear it talked about a lot. I'm sure the government has heard this. 
so they know that we're aware that that could happen. So, uh, but in post-disclosure world, the rest of the people will be uh, in play, and we will quickly educate into this concern. Don't allow yourselves to be manipulated by false information regarding the ET reality. Demand the truth and be very, very harsh on anyone in government who misrepresents the truth about something that critical. So that's the other concern. Um, but these are this is part of, of, of being in a complex society and going through complex changes. So I'm I'm ready for it, and I think you know, the majority of Americans are, are, are going to handle it quite well. I think that we've already, uh, the way we look at the situation of the world today, we've already been, I, I don't want to say lied to, but we've been kept in the dark about so much to this point anyway, uh, that I think that it's just become an accepted practice of the government, and this is just going to be on the biggest scale uh, that we could ever imagine. I always thought contact would come first, and then the government would, would have disclosure, only because they're just that convinced that they would be so set in their mindset of the way they do things. Well, actually, you're, you're, you're almost right. I mean, plenty of contact has taken place, informal contact, mm -hmm. unacknowledged contact. Oh, plenty of that. Uh, tens of thousands of reports from contactees, abductees, have been written up and poured into the vaults of researchers. It's one of the things that's driving the process. I mean, the government has got a dilemma there with, when tens of thousands of its own citizens are writing detailed reports of how they're interacting with ETs, it's a little bit embarrassing. So, no, no, contact has taken place, but not formal contact, yeah. not the only public acknowledged contact. That's a different ballgame. So first comes the, the, the awareness of, quote, interaction, contact. Then comes a process of self-awareness and of ultimately disclosure. That process is now essentially 60 years old, 61 years old. Then comes, of course, the disclosure announcement, which will rapidly go around the world. All nations will sign on that, that have hard knowledge, and the ones that don't will say, okay, I believe you. And then we'll go through a couple of years of intense introspection and analysis with DVDs, books, movies, endless debates, discussions, until probably after a couple of years we'll all be sick to death of the idea, or the word extraterrestrial, uh, and at that point, uh, formal contact open will take place and it will be minimally disruptive. It will be, as I say, almost anticlimactic. For kids, it'll be anticlimactic already. Most kids, you go up and say, what if ET should have? Hey, great, can they come play with me? Sure. You know, it's, it's, the, it's the current generation, the, the baby boomer generation, that's essentially leading the country, that holds the money and the power. And they're the ones that are most, uh, intransigent and have been reluctant. Generation X and Generation Double X, they're fine. They're ready to roll. So it's a generational thing as well as a structural thing, uh, and it's simply time to move on. Youth must be served. The youth of the day are going to go to the stars. They're going to know and learn about ET civilizations, their history, their origins. They may even interact with them in an open way uh, as opposed to a clandestine way. And that's their that's their fate. I'm pretty sure of this because, again, I don't believe that disclosure can can be far away. The embargo is collapsing. So this is their world coming, and and to the extent that we continue to deny it, we are denying their legacy. Uh, uh, and so it's not acceptable. I've actually heard uh, 
some people put forth the theory that the reason why uh, extraterrestrials and, and UFOs are so prevalent in you know pop culture for young kids and video games and movies and cartoons and everything is because it's a, a way to slowly integrate them and get them keen on the idea that they will be interacting with these extraterrestrials further on down the line. Well, whether it's intentional or whether it's simply the logical extension of inculcation. I mean, if, the thing, if they're all over the place and they're turning up all over the place, they're interacting, it's inevitable they would end up in the culture. It doesn't have to be deliberate, but I believe it is. I think ETs know exactly what they're doing. <clears throat> they know the impact of being seen, of their, of their craft being seen. They know the inevitable impact of having <clears throat> as much contact as they've had. It, it infuses the culture. It becomes endemic and commonplace. And so then, when they finally make themselves fully known, park a few motherships over the Pacific, whatever, people go, okay, that's those ETs we heard about. There they are. Find out what they're up to. Invite them over for dinner. They got any cures for cancer. How do they wear their, how's their energy? Can can they generate power at a little little less than $100 a barrel? And a thousand other questions. All of that is logical, appropriate, and through sheer luck, you and me and all of your listeners are living at the time when it's about to happen. If you'd been born 50 years sooner, you'd have missed it. If you'd have been born 70 years from now, you'd have missed it. So you'd be living in a post-disclosure world. You've been born in such a time that you will actually watch this transition take place. You will see it occur. You may even be part of it, if you wish. It's the most profound event in human history to date. And it's happening now. It's about to culminate shortly. I think the spring of 97 is my best guess right now. I may revise that, depending on what I learn. So let's get ready to, as Art Bell often said in his show, take a ride. Absolutely. And uh, as we get closer to this event and as people get more geared into that mindset of you know having to accept this, I think it'll be an easier transition for, for most people than, than we've predicted in the past. I think we very much, I think the government deliberately put out a lot of propaganda about how upsetting it would be and how people would be driven nuts and all that stuff. That was, that was propaganda in service to the truth embargo. Uh, look, the actions of government of the last six years, if they haven't driven us crazy, then the ET presence isn't going to drive us crazy. People are going to be just fine. Uh, the vast majority will find it anticlimactic. Another group will become excited. There will be a limited group, not large, who will become overstressed, and possibly it will exacerbate other things going on in their life. And they may act inappropriately, but there'll be a small, small group. And what can I say? You can't, you can't stop history and you can't change the world because a few people are going to act badly. Obviously, that happens every single day. Sure. Part of life. So let's get real. Let's stop, you know, fooling ourselves. Uh, we're going to deal with this. We have no choice. But I will say this. The level of awareness is high. The information available in the public domain now is pretty good. The government will have more to say. However, let me repeat something I've said many times. I'm pretty confident in this. The week after disclosure takes place, you're going to be sitting in your room, and you're going to be thinking about some of the things you've heard, and a good deal of that is going to make you feel very excited, optimistic, really pumped, and you're going to say, wow, what an incredible world things are going to be. But a good deal of what you're going to learn is going to bother you. It's going to upset you, right? Mm-hmm. The world is not, it's not utopia. 
and the ET reality and everything embedded in it will not be all good. There'll be some bad. There'll be some, some stressful stuff there. So we need to be prepared for both. But that's key. I mean, that's exactly the frame of mind you need to be in when you come out of your mother's room. You know, life is good and bad. It's exciting and it's scary. It's uh, incredibly positive and negative. It's all those things, and that's what we experience. So it would be no different in the post-disclosure world. But at least when we come out of the womb, we get to be sheltered for a little while. <laughs> we get to have <laughs> mom and dad holding our hand to lead us through the first few years. This is true, but you might say the entire disclosure process and the political citizen science activist movement that began in 19, 19, late 1940s for 60 years has essentially help prepare us for this. Uh, the citizen science activist movement was the parent to this transition, and it is, has is brought the level of public awareness up to where it is, built up the information base, and so consequently, we are going to go into this disclosure and post-disclosure reality, not as, not as babies, but as, as young adults. Okay. Uh, capable, I think, of, uh, of, of taking, uh, taking it all in pretty well. So, we're, we're, we're not, we're not defenseless here, and uh, if the government acts appropriately, gives us information we most need right away, and in no way adulterates that information, then the world's people will do just fine. I am not worried about the world's people, and I'm not worried about the ETs at this point. I'm primarily worried about the actions of institutional government. They have been problematic over the last 60 years and very disappointing. And so my principal worry lies there, and I invite everybody's attention to focus there. Do not let your government betray you uh, anymore if you can avoid it, and, and, and do not let the government mislead you about matters of great import. Demand the truth and be very harsh on those that will not provide it. Well, we thank you for joining us tonight, Steve. And uh, we definitely want to talk to you further going on, especially when this uh, when this disclosure event does come. We definitely <laughs> want to have you on. Maybe uh, it'll even happen while we're on the air. So <laughs> if we're okay, lucky. If the disclosure happens, you give me a call. I'll do my best. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Well, everybody, check out Steve's site, paradigmresearchgroup.org, and go to the x-conference.com website to find out more about the X-Conference. And maybe we'll even talk to you a little bit either before or after that conference as well. You want to do another quickie before the conference? I'd love to. Thank you. Sounds great. Thank you very much, Steve. And tell Grant we said thank you as well. We will. All right. Have Bye. a good night. Steve Bassett of the Paradigm Research Group, and we thank him for joining us tonight from Laughlin, Nevada. I know it was a busy night, but I think we pulled it off quite well. And and there you have it, folks. I mean, we're on the verge of something special. So it's, it's time for, for us to grow up as a society and to accept it, and we'll just move on from there. So uh, that does it for this week's show. We'll be back next week. Uh, stay tuned to SpookySouthCoast.com for the times and guest information. For Matt Costa, I'm Tim Weisberg. We want you all to stay spooktacular. Rest assured, listener, that my time here has not been easy, and what you have just heard was not fiction. Although, in many a desperate moment, I most certainly wish it had been... It's over for now, it seems. Or at least, until yesterday begins again. Tomorrow, 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 tomorrow. Look, I know the supernatural is something that isn't supposed to happen.